Hello and welcome to the Eating Disorder Therapist podcast. This is a podcast to help you find peace with food and overcome disordered eating. And I'm Harriet Frew, aka the Eating Disorder Therapist. And I'm so excited to share with you all kinds of stories, tips, information and guest interviews to help you on your journey in finding peace with food. So thank you so much for listening today. So today I want to talk all about mental restriction. And this is another question from one of you lovely listeners who has asked, how do I stop mentally restricting food? So in this episode, I'm gonna talk a bit about what do I mean, or we mean by mental restriction, talk about some of the problems it can lead to, and then also think about some of the ways that you can stop this. So you may or may not have heard of mental restriction. You might find the whole concept quite confusing. And you may have taken active steps not to physically restrict your eating. So maybe you're not dieting, you're not consciously restricting your eating as you were in previous phases of your life, and you feel that you're genuinely eating enough for your body and you're trying to include all the foods. However, although you're not actively restricting, etc., as you perhaps were back in the day, if you're mentally restricting, your thoughts and feelings about food and body image are likely still very much aligned with someone who is dieting. So you're probably feeling a lot of guilt, shame and anxiety around your eating. Mentally and emotionally, you're not feeling peaceful with food. And you are certainly not giving yourself 100% permission to enjoy it. So mental restriction brings consistent stress around eating and there are probably quite a few sneaky rules or rigid thought patterns still lurking. So common thoughts that may be examples of mental restriction could be things like, I can't possibly still be hungry, I've just eaten. Or I shouldn't be eating this. This is such an unhealthy choice. I'm greedy and out of control for eating this. So you can see with all those statements, there's quite a lot of judgment and criticism and quite a lot of rules in there. So why is mental restriction a problem? So I'm gonna talk about four ways that it's problematic and I'm sure there are more than four problems associated with mental restriction. So if you feel that I'm missing something, do let me know. DM me on Instagram at the eating disorder therapist underscore. So number one, why is mental restriction a problem? Your thinking has power. So the thoughts you have hold a great deal of power. You have 60,000 plus thoughts a day and many of these thoughts are repetitive. Your thoughts impact your emotions and behaviors and how you feel in your body. And some thoughts have a strong emotional impact and particularly if they have a negative impact in cognitive behavior therapy, we often refer to them as hot thoughts or negative automatic thoughts. So hot thoughts because of the intense emotion attached, negative automatic thoughts as well, because often these thoughts are quite unconscious and they're sort of just running um, in a program almost in the back of our minds. So let's give an example here. If you have the thought, I'm greedy and out of control for eating this, how are you likely to feel? Probably not peaceful, content, happy and satisfied, more likely anxious and guilty and then this will impact your behavior. Maybe you'll withdraw from others because you feel ashamed or embarrassed. Maybe you'll be focusing on your body, feeling anxiety there, 
maybe you'll skip a meal or you know actually it might lead to some restriction around food and then physically in your body you may feel disgusted if with yourself if you're having the thought I'm greedy and out of control for eating this this might result in like kind of skin crawling type feeling anxiety in your tummy because you're ladening on that shame and self-criticism and you're likely then to have more negative thoughts and it's like a perpetuating cycle so no amount of food challenges or eating whatever you want will lead to full recovery if on a mental level nothing changes because it's the way that you think about food, your body, yourself, the thoughts, the underlying beliefs, your mindset is really the thing that's fueling everything. So although doing a different action, such as introducing an old forbidden food, is a massively helpful recovery step, you really do need to work on the psychological side too. Otherwise, you can be very stuck in a challenging place. Now come on more a bit later in the episode on how to start challenging and changing your thoughts. So number one that's problematic, the way it impacts your thinking and all the consequences of this. Number two, the problem of mental restriction. It leads to overeating. So typically when a normal eater eats something high calorie, their hunger decreases they get satisfied and they stop eating. But research shows that when dieters think they have eaten more food than they typically allow themselves, it causes them to continue eating more, way above their hunger cues. And we know from research that if you put dieters in front of a buffet, they tend to eat with abandon, whereas someone with a healthy relationship with food will eat much more to hunger and fullness cues. And if you're a dieter, you'll probably be very familiar with the I've blown it effect, you know, because once you break a dietary rule um, or you feel that you've eaten too much for eating X, Y, and Z, you feel that you've blown it, you feel that you have to start the diet tomorrow. So it's really easy to fall into this hole. But that's something that often really happens, um, you know, if you've been dieting and um, that mental restriction, it often leads to this overeating. Number three, mental restriction signals stress to your body. So there is something called cognitive dietary restraint, which means that stress hormones are released by your body just by thinking about restriction. Even if you're not actively dieting, but constantly thinking about restriction, it's already signaling stress to your body. And your body produces stress hormones when you're genuinely in a place of fear. For example, if you're fleeing from a bear or escaping a fire, for example. It will also produce stress hormones if your thoughts are fearful and anxious though. So for example, if you're walking in the jungle and suddenly you think you see a spider on the ground in front of you, you might jump in terror. You feel the adrenaline and cortisol produce physical reactions in your body, your heart beats faster, and maybe you start sweating a little bit and your breathing becomes quicker. And then you look closely at the ground and realize that it wasn't a spider, but rather a disturbing looking leaf on the ground. So you can see in a way it's our thoughts often that then produce the response in our body. So if you're having mentally restricting thoughts, you're going to often be producing stress in your body, which is then going to impact your eating. So no wonder when we're still eating with lots of guilt, shame, anxiety and judgment around our eating, our body and brain feel like we are under the stress of dieting. 
So your thoughts and what you choose to focus on can make a huge difference. Number four, critiquing and obsessing over your body adds fuel to the fire of mental restriction. So if you're very focused on your body, your weight, mirror checking, comparing, etc., this will fuel the fire of mental restriction. You're likely to have a lot of self-critical thoughts about your body leading to difficult feelings. When you're more focused on your body and how it looks, it's much harder to focus on what it needs as you tend to override or tune out from your genuine hunger signals. This means that you're more likely to both undereat or overeat and you're simply out of whack with your body. So this is definitely something that can massively impact our mental restriction as well when we're so focused on our body. And um, it's again a bit of a sort of vicious circle that you can get stuck into. So let's talk about how to overcome mental restriction. And these are six thoughts. Again, I'm sure it's not limited to these six thoughts. So if you have extra things you want to add, do let me know at the eating disorder therapist underscore. I'd be very keen to learn how you have overcome mental restriction. But I'm sharing some of the things that have really helped me and some of my clients. So number one is developing awareness of your thoughts and feelings. So as I've said, we have 60,000 thoughts per day. Many of these are repetitive. These thoughts will often be unconscious and habitual. We can't, very sadly, just flick a switch to change our thoughts. But the first step is raising our awareness becoming more in tune and an observer of thoughts so that you can notice when you are mentally restricting in the first place. So to do this, you might need to write in your journal or stop and pause before you eat and just simply notice your thoughts and your feelings. And developing awareness is a skill itself and it can be quite frustrating because of often awareness really has to come before change. And you can start to become much more aware of your mental restriction, but you might not be able to change it immediately. And I just want to say this is a very normal part of the process. And um, you're probably going to have to go through many sort of situations where you're just experiencing awareness before you can do the active change in your behavior. But just to really normalize that and say it's all part of the process. And... I know for myself, when I've been trying to change different things, um, when I was recovering from an eating disorder, and even to this day, when you have that awareness, you can kind of notice and say, oh, I'm doing that thing again. I'm doing that thing again. I'm so frustrated with myself. But I um, just want to just really right, normalize it. This is so part of it. So developing awareness, that has to come first, because you might not even realize how much judgment you have around food and your body, which is fueling the mental restriction. Number two, starting some thought challenging. So using questions like, what would I say to a friend in this situation? How would I like to think about this? You know, what would be a way that I could feel so much more encouraging and supportive towards myself? So things like, I guess, if you are eating a cake and usually you say to yourself, I am a greedy person for eating this, you might actually just notice that old thought coming up and think about how you'd like to think about it. So you might think, this is really delicious. I enjoy experiencing food freedom in my life, or something like that. You've got to find something that is meaningful to you. 
Obviously, what works for me might not work exactly for you. You need to find something or a thought that you can almost clutch onto and start to um, have some faith and belief in. And if you find with a thought challenging that you get really stuck, and this is really, really, really difficult, and this might often happen, think about as well where your thought is rooted, because it may be back to childhood where you were told maybe that you were greedy for eating certain foods it may be from diet culture it may be from friends it may be from things you've read it's trying to really notice where have you picked up this sort of thought pattern and how have you embedded it how has it become part of your story and something that you trust and almost just take for granted and believe in wholeheartedly so even just beginning to be a bit more curious and compassionate about your thoughts can be really helpful. Also another way of dealing with your thoughts as well is what some people prefer to do rather than to challenge their thoughts is just to be more an observer of thoughts and to just kind of almost in a more mindful way notice the thought, let the thought go, you know, attach far less meaning to it. So I think again there's no right or wrong here but it's just developing a different relationship with your thoughts that is key. So that's number two, doing some thought challenging. Number three, really get to those underlying beliefs that may be holding you back because you'll find you're very likely to get stuck in challenging some of your thoughts around mental restriction. So it's often really important to dig deeper and know the roots of this. So for example, if you are feeling really greedy every time you eat a certain kind of food, when you really think about what feeling greedy means to you, it may probably well link back to a feeling of not being good enough. And maybe by avoiding certain foods, by trying to eat a certain way, that is a way of trying to feel good enough to kind of gain a glimmer of self-esteem. So again, it's really trying to go back and look at the roots of this. What is the underlying belief underneath this? You know, are you not feeling good enough? Are you feeling like a failure? Are you feeling worthless? Are you feeling undeserving? And just to really question that because we so often take on these deep-rooted beliefs related to things that happened to us in childhood. And really, those are so outdated for us often. You know, they were down to some experiences that happened years ago. Often, we may have heard comments from others who projected things onto us which weren't really ours to hold. And it's so useful to be curious and compassionate and questioning. And to just really understand, you know, what is under what is underneath some of what is underneath some of our thoughts, what are our core beliefs that are holding us back. So the helpful thing is we can bring these deeper thoughts and beliefs into awareness with curiosity and compassion. And you can choose now as well to have a different choice, a different perspective on things. And Of course, this sounds quite simple, but it might need a lot of repetition before the underlying emotion can really shift. And you might need to really untangle the link between eating and not feeling good enough. And you can do this with journaling, getting rooted in your own values, and maybe even exploring in therapy. Number four, think about the 10th principle of intuitive eating. Gentle nutrition, honoring your health, making food choices that honour your health and your taste buds whilst making you feel good. Remember that you don't have to eat perfectly to be healthy. And if you've been dieting historically, 
you'll assume that allowing all the foods will probably lead to extremes and you'll never eat another fruit or vegetable ever again. But actually, it is very possible to balance health and the yum yum satisfaction factor. You don't have to throw out the baby and with the bathwater. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. So I think, again, it's really important about holding that in mind because sometimes we can be so judgmental about the perceived imperfections in our meal planning, in our diets. I'm not using diet in the sense of restriction there. I'm just talking about diet as in what you eat. And we're not really holding the bigger picture. And it's really important to hold the bigger picture and to realize actually like eating doesn't have to be perfect. You can still honor health, make some great food choices for your body that are self-caring and nourishing and also enjoy the real pleasure and yum yum so you can like have the best of both worlds it is possible number five work towards body neutrality value your body for what it can do focusing less on your body as aesthetic for aesthetic reasons but focusing on your purpose your joy your connection all the other things that are important focusing on what your body can do If you focus intently on your body, you will only increase stress, creating disconnect with your body, increasing more probably critical body thoughts, and it will lead you back to restriction or mental restriction. So valuing your body for what it can do, focusing less on your body generally and focusing on other things such as your purpose, your joy, your connection, your creativity. And um, yeah, it's just so helpful because I think When we focus so much on our body, we become stressed, we become critical, we then mentally restrict because there's all that judgment in the background. And number six, get rooted in your deepest values. Associate eating a cake with freedom, spontaneity, joy, socializing, connection, whatever is important to you. And this will absolutely support you to stay aligned with an all foods fit and abundance mentality and not to get so tied up in knots with judgment around food choices. So I know this definitely really, really helps for me. Like if I'm enjoying food generally, whatever that might be, um, I just experience a lot of freedom and um, spontaneity, adventure, enjoyment, pleasure in all of that. And it really makes me feel like I'm leading my best life, which is so important. And I would very much view restriction as a kind of miserable, restrictive cage where it is limiting and the opposite of all those wonderful values that I've just talked about. Anyway, so those are a few of my thoughts on mental restriction. Um, I'm aware that this is a huge topic and I could probably be saying a lot more, but I hope I've given you some pointers there and some things to think about. And ultimately, I guess, you know, getting free from mental restriction is about freeing yourself from the shackles of being in a prison around food. So if you have further tips to share, do DM me on Instagram at the eating disorder therapist underscore. And if you have a bite-sized topic that you'd like me to cover, do get in touch with me on Instagram as well. Okay, well, thank you so much for listening today. If you want further support with your relationship with food, do go to the eatingdisordertherapist.co.uk. If you enjoy this podcast, I'd be so grateful if you'd follow, rate and review as it helps it reach so many more listeners. Thank you so much for listening today and I look forward to sharing another podcast episode with you very soon.